right. All right, so usually when Matt, uh, when he previously asked me to speak, it was really easy because, uh, as Ben knows, pretty much everything you guys heard was a, a slightly altered, regurgitated form of something that I gave to the youth. Uh, but we're currently in a testimony series, and it would be really weird if I stood here and gave you someone else's testimony. So I, uh, you're pretty much stuck with um, what I'm exploring in my own uh, faith, in my own walk with Christ, uh, which is the sovereignty of God, um, which is luckily not very controversial, right? So um, when I first started to think about this, I was like, oh, that's just something that like people who really like, who go to uh, seminary study. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I'm just going to see, see what, it, what it's about. And, and I started to dip my toes in the water. And, and then uh, my whole view of the entire world changed. My view of myself changed. My view of God changed. And I think it's really, really important uh, to, to kind of be familiar with it. So I think uh, I, this is what came to mind when Matt asked me to uh, speak this week. Um, so we'll specifically talk about the sovereignty of God. And so if you're familiar with that at all, uh, you're going to be like, well, what about free will? So that's not on the agenda for tonight. Uh, that would not do a service to God's sovereignty because then I'd have to cut the time in half. And um, there's already too much. So what I want to talk about then is we'll just basically I'm going to do two things. There's, there's going to be uh, basically just a scripture dump, which uh, I don't really like doing because I don't like just like picking verses and just throwing them. I, um, it's better to, to go through and do uh, exegesis and, and rather than just take a bunch of them and be like, this is what it says, because then you can't really check the context. But I'm going to do it anyways. And uh, so if you want to write them down, it's going to probably be hard. Well, I guess if you're doing it on your phone, it won't be too hard. But to as quickly as I'll just go through them and read them, they'll be on the screen. Uh, but if you want to go and look at them later, I suggest writing the verses down, and then you can uh, look at them on your own. So my kind of pitch, my proposal is, is, for you is essentially because all things, all created things come from God, he is in complete control of all of it. So there was a point before time when there was the reality of God, and that's you know the, the triune God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternally loving each other. And then there was a moment when God spoke, and he said, uh, he spoke all of creation into existence, and in that, in that moment, there were two realities. So there was the reality of God, which is eternal, and then there was our reality uh, that is under the confines of time. And the amazing thing about Jesus is he is going to unite those, and, and he has, and, and he is continuing to do that, and one day we'll be fully united, which is incredible. But, uh, so we're going to talk about beca- because God spoke that, he said, tree and there was a tree he said water and there was water it's all then under his control so that's the big things like the ministry of christ uh the resurrection uh the raising lazarus from the dead and it's the small things like those balloons sitting up there for weeks and weeks and uh the light bulbs going out whenever they go out and clifton putting that specific hat on all of it is and that's my proposal to you so this is where the scripture dumb is going to come in and uh, then I'll, I'll tell you why this isn't something that should be offensive. It shouldn't be. It's not something where you should be worrying that something has been stripped from you, but that is actually the, the foundation of all the hope that we have. So um, into the verses then. So there's 
essentially these five aspects. Oh, I need to give credit where credit is due. Um, I'm, not, I'm not this brilliant. So uh, these, these um, categories that you'll see, so coordination is the first one. I'm reading a book right now, and a guy much smarter than me had these categories, and I think that they're good to uh, share. So there will be two verses for each of the five categories. And uh, again, I think if you, if you want to follow along, it'd be good to just write them down and then uh, maybe look at them more in depth later. So foreordination, uh, God foreordains things. But whatever comes to pass needs God's permission. So Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So the key part there is the, that second half, according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. The second verse uh, for foreordination is uh, Peter and John's prayer in Acts 4, verses 24 through 28. So uh, it starts with Sovereign Lord, and then uh, where we're picking up after those three dots is verse 27. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So the death of Jesus was not an accident. God wasn't surprised when Christ was hung on the cross. It was actually given permission uh, by God. God did not do it, but he allowed, uh, he actually spoke, he permitted that to happen. Then eternal plan is the next one. 2 Timothy 1.9, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. This is Paul. But share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So there's that eternal uh, before time, kind of we're talking about God spoke. Before God spoke. He had this. This was known to him that it would happen. Uh, the second verse, Jesus is speaking about the, his second coming, his return in Matthew 25. He says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then unchangeable plan. God's plan cannot be changed. What he spoke does not change. It, it is as it is, as he spoke it to be. Isaiah 14, the Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Uh, we, our plan cannot triumph God's plan. Uh, nothing we do can make God change. So uh, the, when they decided to put Christ on the cross, God wasn't like, oh man, I got to call an audible. He knew. Uh, the next verse, James 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and always. Ben, I feel like James is just always coming up every time I mean, we're near each other. Yeah, uh, <laughs> In youth group, uh, this James 1 something comes up every single week. So, uh, yeah, no, it's not bad. It's good. <laughs> Um, so God's, uh, God's sovereignty includes the future acts of men. Um, John six sixty four. this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew 
uh, from the beginning, those who were, those who, uh, who those were who did not believe in who it was who b- would betray him. So before Judas betrayed him, before uh, who was going to believe, uh, God knew. Now this is Jesus speaking uh, to his disciples again at the, uh, I think this is at the Lord's Supper, maybe this later. He says, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. He will be raised on the third day. Both of these instances, Jesus knew what was going to happen before they happened. And these are from Christ himself. And now the last um, topic here, the last heading. Uh, some of the events that happen are recorded as certain before they happen. So Jesus speaking to the Pharisees in John eight twenty, These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he was going to be arrested, but they couldn't do anything about it because his hour was not yet uh, to come. But it was going to happen. So they knew, uh, Christ knew, the disciples knew when they uh, wrote this down. Um, so they, they knew what was going to happen. Uh, here's the Lord's Supper. Luke 22, verses 21 through 22. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Jesus Christ has not yet been betrayed. He's sitting with the guy who's going to betray him. Yet he says, woe to the man by whom he is betrayed. Who he, he is betrayed, right? This was spoken as, like, it, it already happened uh, in, and, uh, in Christ's mind. So, these things, God foreordaining everything, needing to permit everything, uh, his plan being eternal, his plan being unchangeable, uh, it including the future acts of men, and the, the events of men being recorded as certain before they even happen, these things all point to God's sovereignty. So, Again, I, highly, I, I hope that you go and check the context for these verses and don't just uh, believe me because uh, we have the joy of being able to do that. And, uh, but so now to the conclusion that this isn't an offensive thing. This isn't a, um, I've been stripped of my free will. This isn't a, I am un. I, I have no ability to, um, to respond in faith, and, and I'm just a robot, right? We are just not, we're not robots. And, and the, the doctrine that, that states God's sovereignty does not make us robots. Saying that God is in control of all things does not make us robots. But, well, okay, I do have a friend who thinks that um, Ed Sheeran is actually a robot. I don't know if that's like a common thing, but she swears by it. Actually, uh, she's led worship here before, like once. Her name's Abby. So if she ever comes again, uh, she thinks Ed Sheeran's a robot. But this, the idea that God is sovereign over all things is actually the only reason that we can have faith in what we're reading in the Bible. So it's, it's actually reassuring to know that God is completely in control, that he is all-powerful. Because we know that uh, this God who is all-powerful is infinitely wise, holy, and loving. And so when, when those things are mixed together, that's a, that's a good recipe. That's what we want. And we want to worship a God like that. And because of this, we trust all the promises. We have a reason to trust all of the promises 
that the Bible gives us. So, if there was one single person, even one, uh, I think it's, it's commonly said, like, if there was one rogue molecule, and I'll just make it bigger, if there's one person who wasn't under God's control, he could wreak havoc on all of God's plans. He, that person could force God to call an audible. That person could have been the one who put Christ on the cross. But because all people, every particle in existence is under God's sovereignty, God doesn't call audibles. And there's no rogue person. There's no person who uh, is not, God does not know what they'll do. So all things are ordained by God and his plans don't change. So we have promises in the Bible given to us, uh, these amazing promises um, that we can trust. So Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can trust that because uh, no one can stop God from giving us the free gift. If God says, if you believe in your heart and repent um, and confess with your mouth and you'll be saved. And no one can say, well, except if, right? No one can contradict God. So God says that this is true, that, that uh, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. No one can say, no, it's not. In 2 Corinthians 5, God says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. No one can tell you if you're in Christ, you're the same you used to be. If you uh, give your life to Christ and you have a radical change of heart, which is what happens if you give your life to Christ, and uh, someone says, you know, you're just the same as you used to be. I know you go to church now, you, you, you sing worship songs, and uh, you might be a little bit happier, but you're the same as you used to be. We know that we can cling to the promise that being in Christ, we are a new creation. We are no longer slaves to sin. So the things that held us in our past, the things that we uh, were controlled by, we are freed from them. And uh, those things, and I, this is, I think, uh, kind of where, if I might touch on free will. Um, when you have uh, everyone's will is, will is um, a slave to something. So if you, if you, uh, if you put a, a vulture in a room and there's a, a, a stack of lettuce and there's a pile of meat, uh, which one is the vulture going to choose? The meat. That vulture is choosing freely. No one's forcing him to choose that. But his nature, by his nature, he's going to eat the meat. If you, if you put a squirrel in a room with a bunch of nuts and a pile of grass, squirrels don't eat grass, right? I don't know. But they, by their nature, they're going to eat the nuts. They, they are freely choosing that. Um, but... That's their nature. And so when you come to Christ, your will is, you are no longer, you're, you're no longer enslaved to sin. Your will is now, you are able to please God. You are able to live a holy life. You cannot do that if you're not in Christ. So we trust that when God says, uh, when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. And the last verse I want to touch on here is, uh, in Habakkuk, it says, Behold, the hand of him who betrays me, oh, nope, that's the wrong one. Um, Habakkuk 2.14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So we can cling to this hope that God says that there will be a day when the world is so full of the knowledge of the Lord that it's like the water in the sea. We can't even get to the, to the depths of the bottom of the ocean. We can't possibly explore that because it's, it's dark. It's too uh, pressurized. 
And that's what the knowledge of the Lord is going to be like in the earth. And we can trust that because God says it will be so. And because he is sovereign over all things, it will come to happen. So I want to ask a a, a final question then. Um, And this is what I, I am hoping people that you all think about is if this is hard to, if this is hard to, to um, get behind, if you say, yeah, um, I don't know, that's really hard then because that means that uh, I, I didn't get to choose Christ in the way, that, like he chose me, right? Um, what is your option? What is left? If God is not sovereign, then what is? What is controlling uh, the, the particles around us if it's not God? Because if you reject God as sovereign, then the only things that really are left is uh, there's chance, fate. So it, it could happen. Like those balloons could have happened. It could have not. I don't know. Uh, natural law. Uh, natural law rules all things. So no miracles. Um, or there's perverted and short-sighted human race. Right? So men can be in control of things. Uh, and we know that's not very hopeful. So if we reject God then what is there? Now, I don't need you to agree with me on everything I just said, because uh, I know that many Christians uh, see these things differently. But I think it is very important that we all can agree that God is in control, that he is sovereign. And if you think that it's not over those balloons, then I would really, really encourage you to, to dive into this because it totally changed the way that I think about God, it totally changed the way that I view my life. And has made me a lot more grateful. It's given me a lot more hope. And uh, it just helped me to see the blessing of God around me in so many ways that I couldn't before. Because when I, when I see that, that God is the one who is in control of all things, then I'm really humbled whenever I, uh, I see a friend come to faith, whenever I think about me coming to faith in the mercy that God had on me. So, again, this isn't like a everyone agree with me or else uh, everyone's going to hell. Like, I don't have authority like that, and I don't think that that's what this is for. But my desire is for everyone here to look into it and to to study it and to um, get a grasp on it because it will change the way you view the world. And uh, I hope that that will increase your love for God and give you more hope in him. So we will break up uh, for prayers. We can do prayer requests. yeah, I, I can't answer questions, so <laughs> don't ask me. I'm still in the middle of it. Um, but I can refer you to resources. So if you would like some resources uh, to, to dip your toes in the water, I'd be glad to uh, offer those to you. But I'll pray, and then we'll split up into groups. Father God, we are so grateful for uh, just the mercy you have for us, the grace you show us, how kind you are, and how loving you are. We know, Lord, that these things are in your plan. We know that you are in control of uh, all that happens. And because of this, we have hope. We are grateful that uh, the death of Christ was not an accident, but that you saw it coming to pass and that you permitted it. And through that death, we have so much joy and you have given us a new life in you. So we pray that you would... Uh, give good discussion that we'd be able to support and, and come alongside one another in prayer and that you'd bless that time together. And I just pray that this would be a, a something that makes us think throughout the week and that we could see how you're working around us. So would we just take this all in uh, with humility 
and uh, just to bring it all to you, Lord. So we just ask for your blessing on this time in prayer. We pray this on Jesus' name.